Hey everybody. It's uh, the last visit of February. Here we are. Um, welcome to Room One Coaching. This is fantastic. Let's see if anybody has any requests. Um, if you want to either raise your hand or if you want to uh, go into the chat. Oh, here we go. Awesome. Okay, Sunny Day. Thank you. I almost called you Sunny D, like the famous drink from childhood. Um, I'm going to allow you to talk. Um, go ahead. Can you talk? Okay. There we go. All right. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes. Okay. Perfect. All right, so here is, if, if you want to drink Sunny D or call me Sunny D, that's totally perfect. <laughs> um, so this, this happened to me last week and it's kind of like had me stewing and um, so the CEO of the hospital sent me a text, hey, saw your surgical volume is down for February vacation month question mark <laughs> and okay. I um I didn't see it right away like I think I was operating and then later on I saw it and I usually stop before I answer those kind of texts but I was kind of <clears throat> kind of ticked and I was like love to chat about this um do you have time today like right now <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe I should have just just called him but I then I sat down and came up with six reasons that my and I don't even think my surgical volumes are down that much. It's just, I, I do a ser service line that has, plus I do a bunch of general surgery, but this uh, specialty line is traditionally always less busy in, um, in, in January and February. It picks up as the year goes on super mm -hmm. busy, in like um, November and December. And so that, that part doesn't really surprise me. And plus half of my team had been out on medical leave and a lot of them had also had to take some time off due to being sick with COVID and Omicron. And, um, then, you know, there's other, there's lack of marketing. There's been some recruitment of other surgeons to do the same procedure. So it's kind of watered it down. So I, um, we finally talked and I said, okay, here's all the reasons. And, um, by the way, probably the best way to handle surgeons is not to say, Hey, are you taking a lot of vacation? Because I didn't take any vacation. Mm -hmm. um, it's just really, you should say, Hey, Sunny D I, <laughs> I see that you're less busy right now. Um, uh, can I help with something like, and I, I could have given him all these reasons and like, we could have worked together to solve the issue. And I told him this and he's like, well, I got a rise from you, didn't, didn't I? So I, I accomplished exactly what I was trying to do. And I go, I don't think so. Cause now I'm kind of irked by you. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I want to take a lot of vacation because, because this was not the, the best way that for him to handle working with, um, you know, high achievers. I, and I, I know what's going on. And I even read it in Becker's holiday, uh, not holiday hospital review this morning that, um, the surgical numbers and 
hospitals really got hurt in January and February because the, um, the, like the money that had been set aside for COVID money has run out for hospitals Mm -hmm. and, and staffing crisis is just out of control with Mm -hmm. not having it. So I really, I know what he's coming to him. His boss is probably coming to him and being like, what's going on? Um, yeah. And so it's, it's just running down and I need to think that it's really not about me. It's totally 100% about him kind of already come to that conclusion, but I, I think it's something we could talk about. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Because like, what's the real problem? Like, what's the problem for you? Can you tell us like, so he says, you know, are you on vacation? And I know what you're making this mean, right? Like, what are you making it mean? That I'm lazy. Exactly. I'm lazy. Which is horseshit. Yeah. Cause I'm not. (laughs) Right. Um, But that's what we do. And so I think that's the critical thing to talk about is like, what is that thing, that little switch that flips where we read this right. email that we know on a cognitive level and on a practical level is horseshit. And then like inside you're like, but it probably means I'm lazy. Yeah. Right. Like, what's that all about? Uh, because I have, I, I think most surgeons have a fear of being lazy. Like nothing about what we do is we're all hustlers. That's (laughs) (laughs) so right. So this invites a deeper and broader discussion on what lazy means on what rest means on what, um, you know, like what we've come to accept as, uh, you know, this is, this is, inculcated in every aspect of being a surgeon. Like think about it from times of training when if you don't show up, like if you have the flu, get your IV from the PICU nurse or the or the ICU nurse in the call room and still do your shift. And like if you don't commit to that level, you're lazy. Yes. Which is insane to think about, right? Like, so there's this broader question about what we accept as a culture, but then there's like the individual question because we're all living with it. We're all living with this, these ideas and beliefs about what it means to just like be in the world and, and how something like that email can be so triggering. Right. So I'm really interested to hear from you like for you, what it is, like you mentioned the word fear, like fear of being lazy. Mm-hmm. So what does lazy mean? Can we define that for you? Cause I'm sure different people will define it differently. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because I really want to have more control of my own time, mm-hmm. um, and my practice. So when I'm working towards that, and then somebody comes out to say something like that, it, uh, it bothers me that I felt like that he thought you know, that I had that trigger because, so what if I was on vacation? I can do that. I just, you know, that's, we just don't get paid. So, um, right. So that bothers me. So I, I, I think that's probably what, like the feeling, um, I don't even know. I haven't thought about the feeling other than 
ticked off. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, let's work it out. Let's see if we can, let me see if I can share my screen and then let's see if we can do a model and figure out what's coming up. Yeah. I think this is going to be instrumental for people. We have all kinds of crazy things. Not, they're not crazy. I use that word flippantly. Right. We have all kinds of stuff we've made up about like, what's the right way to conduct yourself in the world. Yeah. One of which is to be just like working all the time. Yes. Um, okay. So what should we use as the C this email email from who was he? he uh, was the, CEO, the hospital president. Okay. Okay. So is this a, so surgery down is, is this a vacation? <laughs> yeah. God. Okay. And so then, whoops, I'm not a good typist today. Here we go. So then what, I'm sure you had a bunch of thoughts, but what do you think was the thing that kind of rose to the surface of being that, you know, it's triggering, right? So like, what is it? What were you thinking? I'm lazy. He thinks I'm lazy. This must mean yeah. I'm lazy. Yeah. Yes. That's probably the most thought is like, he thinks I'm lazy, but I would like to know how much vacation time the hospital administrator gets. That's a question. Oh, I know. Because I asked, I texted him before and no response. And I asked his admin and she's like, oh yeah, he's out. And I was like, okay, <laughs> great. That's great. I'm glad he's out. We all need breaks. For sure. Um, okay. So when you think the thought, he thinks I'm lazy, what do you feel? How, how does that show up in your body? I get that pit in my stomach, like, oh my gosh, I work this. Um, I'm so misunderstood. I'm just, it, it hurts. Like, yeah. So misunderstood, I'm going to put the feeling as misunderstood. And then I'm going to put pit in stomach because I've been getting into the somatic stuff lately with all the trauma business. And I'm super fascinated by where people feel these things. So you feel that in the pit of your stomach, anything else about the feeling that you could share right now? Um, well, it made me mad. Like that's why I replied so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like defensive the slash mad. Yeah. Okay. So then one of the actions is going to be replied quickly. Yeah. What else did you do? Uh, told everybody about it. <laughs> like I told the, went and talked to, I, I mean, I, I talked to the CEO, but I didn't feel like he understood why that was hurtful. So then I went and talked to the chief of staff and I talked to the operating room director, like trying to validate my feelings, which just carried it on. And, and then it made me stew about it. This is so good. Sunny D. <laughs> yeah, right. Stew. When you're stewing, what were you thinking? That's ruminating. So what were you thinking when you were yeah. stewing? What were some of those messages you were telling yourself? Well, I was like, God, I got to get busier. Like, what can I do? So <clears throat> even some of the actions were like, we had another snow day. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, we are not 
we are not canceling patients or postponing patients for the office. We are doing all of them as video visits, which is fine. I try to do that anyway. Um, but it, it was, I, I just did some actions like that maybe were not the, the, the most, what I was wanting to do. Yeah. And I think what's really important to think about and to consider is like what your experience of it is like, right? So like, it doesn't really matter what actions you do. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. I think what matters is, is like, what is your experience of that? Cause that's your life. Mm -hmm. Our lives are strung together by these moments of models, like models are happening, models are happening and we're like mad and we're doing all this stuff. And that is what our life becomes. Right. And is that okay with you or not? If it is, then we don't have a problem. But if it's not, if you're like, I don't want my life to be strung together by these moments right. of being pissed off and, and having this, this type of fuel, fuel these actions, like you're still doing things. You're still getting your life accomplished. You're still seeing patients and getting the job done at what you want for yourself. No, definitely not. Yeah. So then we can see here, the result is clear to me. Um, what do you see the result is? Well, I mean, the result was he didn't get his result, but that's his model. (laughs) Right. Is like, I'm just, like I'm mad. I'm offended. Um, right. Here's what I see as happening. Sunny day is that you're thinking he thinks I'm lazy, but really right. what's under that is maybe I'm lazy. Like mm. he, he can think you're lazy all he wants. It only matters if you agree. Right. Right. So if you're like, I think I'm lazy, if that's really the thing that's underlying it, because who gives a crap if he thinks you're lazy, what really matters is if you think you're lazy. Yeah. And so then what you're doing is, is you're just trying to spin your wheels to prove you're not lazy. Right. Right. It's just like, I can, I've been there. I've done this actually, um, quite a bit over the last year and a half because I've intentionally, uh, dialed back clinically, like a lot. I work way less than my partners and I've been like making it mean that I'm not as good as them uh-huh. because I don't work as hard as them. And I've started to shift it to like, no, they're the ones who are doing it wrong. I'm the one who's doing it right. Like it's, but it's taken like a year or so mm-hmm. of work to try to like disengage my beliefs about what our worth is and how much work we do means we're better or more worthy or, right. You know, this becomes an issue of worth in my opinion. So Mm -hmm. with all of that flurry of activity, it's very unpleasant. Number one, number two, it's like reinforcing this idea that you're lazy. Right. And trying to prove that you're not. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I'm going to write this here because I really am hoping people are watching. I don't know if people are just listening or watching, but 
This is so critical because if you want to be busy, if you want to be working like, you know, a resident or whatever, like all day, every day, then that's awesome. I would never want to discourage somebody from being busy if that's what they really, really want. But I suspect we're all kind of participating in surgery in this way, because this is what we were taught you're supposed to do. And it was totally like drilled into us that if you're not contributing at this, you know, whatever imaginary level, then you're not good enough to be there or you're somehow not earning your keep or, you know, it's like all kinds of messages I feel like are received. And then on the hospital administration side of things, I don't work in that kind of, um, group or, you know, like an employee group. And I can't remember the details of your group, but I heard recently, cause my group is, has been sort of quasi negotiating with the hospital to kind of like fold into the hospital and become employed. And I heard like a fly on the wall told me that the administrators were complaining about ortho because they, because we, because we were complaining about how certain things, you know, we don't want to join them because certain things aren't a certain way. And they're like, well, we don't care. We can just get somebody else. So we're reduced to a technician basically. I don't know. Can you comment on how any of that barrage of verbal stuff I just said might um, yeah, might affect totally, you. I mean, yeah, I, I think that we are reduced to, I mean, like when the shutdown happened and uh, the hospital system uh, reduced the force by 5%, which was across the board, they got rid of physicians, they got rid of nurses, um, it, and then they cut uh, retirement for that year. And then, I mean, we were shut down for like six weeks and then we restarted. We were never, Oh, they cut our salaries at 10 or 20%. I forget. Mm -hmm. Um, We were never busier. We were so busy and we've just been busy since then. So this is like the first month that maybe numbers have been kind of lower because staffing crisis and, and, uh, and, you know, uh, our coworkers and ourselves are out because we all got COVID and we had to isolate, you know, yeah. during a couple months. So that it's really, it just, uh, it, it makes you feel like you're just a technician and that's true. It, it sucks because we're not a technician, like to recruit another surgeon, it costs a million dollars. So it, it just, but I, that is how I think we feel like we're treated a lot of times. Yeah. So I, I think probably where we have an opportunity for growth or have an opportunity to have our own backs or, you know, just decide to show up as somebody who is maintaining agency in these systems that we're in, because it can feel like we have no agency. It can feel like we're just a cog in the wheel. I would be interested in helping people to understand how to maintain their agency. And I think doing that is kind of hinges on what you believe about yourself. And do you believe 
truly that you're lazy? And if you do, what does that mean about you? Does that mean you're not good enough? Does that mean you're not worthy? Like, what does that really mean? And then if that's true, if that's like really what's going on, like how do we um, disimpact that and like, and not only like disimpact it, but then also take it apart. Like we have to get it unstuck and then take it apart. So do you like for you personally, what do you think this whole idea of laziness really means like on a deeper level? Well, I, I definitely think that it's, a, I, I just don't want, I, I think you're right. We learn that forever that we should be the first one there and the last one to leave. And, um, that we take every, you know, are always available, even when we're called. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then when people say, oh, you're, were you on vacation? Like, that's kind of a, <laughs> you know, it, it makes you feel like crap because no, if I'm on vacation, <laughs> the numbers probably would have been worse. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's not even, you know, like you said it earlier, it's like, so what if I was on vacation? Right. People are allowed to take vacation. Yeah. So again, I'm just, and maybe this isn't something you can solve right here. Cause I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, but it's like, what is this? Like, what does it mean? What do you believe about yourself? if you think you're lazy, like, who cares if you're lazy? Like what, like what, who cares? Like, why is that a big deal? And what I would like to offer you that I've learned about myself that I had to kind of take apart was that I thought when I considered myself as lazy, I thought that meant I wasn't worthy. It was like a worth equation for me. Mm -hmm. And until I understood that that wasn't true and really, really believed that that wasn't true. Um, like it really had a lot of self, um, I would beat myself up about right. being productive or not as productive as other people. And I would make all these justifications like, well, I spend more time with my patients than them or, which is true, actually, it's, yeah. in my opinion, what I do is it harder. <laughs> I yeah. shifted everything to the opposite side because of how much counseling that I give people and like really and then I just decided that I conduct myself that way. And that's how I like it. I don't want to be like them. I don't mm-hmm. want to be like queen of the RVUs. I don't want to be working long hours every day. I don't want to, because you know what? Like I come home and I then do more work. And I just decided that's not what I want, but it took Try, it took really, really believing that I was a worthwhile person either way. So I wonder, I'm not trying to put my thing on you. I'm using this as an example of like, what's the deeper meaning behind lazy, not lazy? <clears throat> yeah, that's, I mean, that is, it's just, right. That mm-hmm. it is not worthy. Yeah. 
it's really good to know that though. Like if you're like, Oh, okay. That's the real message here. Like the real message here is that, you know, I think I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy if I'm not being X, Y, Z productive. Right. Then you're like, all right, now that's where you can really do some work and like getting curious about that belief. It's, we talked about it a little bit. Not only do we get sort of indoctrinated about, you know, work ethic and stuff like that. Women in particular have a different flavor of it because we have all these other expectations about, um, you know, being a spouse or being a parent or who's going to do the laundry and all that other stuff. And then um, I feel like even though those messages come a lot of times started from outside ourselves, then we perpetuate them. Once we learn them, we perpetuate them. And, um, so there hasn't been a whole lot of support until recently about deciding if any of that's even what we want, you know? Right. So it's good to know now you can start to get curious about, okay, like, why do I think this, is this really true? Could it not be true? Um, you know, maybe I'm a worthy person no matter what. And that's what I believe. Um, I think you could not show up for a whole month and still be worthy. Right. You know, I just, um, it's easy for me to say that it's not like so easy to just like suddenly believe it all, you know? So it just just takes a little bit of practice. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to mention and now I can't remember. You, you were right about these administrators and they care about dollars and cents. And you mentioned too, like he probably has somebody above him kind of coming down on him. And I think that's really insightful that you're able to see a bigger picture. Um, so that's something that you've already helped open up a little bit about, but, um, this really has nothing to do with him and his language that he uses. It does suck. His, I'm agreeing with you. His language sucks. It was like not very tactful and definitely like poor situational awareness. That's a way to really like engender hatred among your people. (laughs) Ask them questions like that, but he's going to just choose whatever um, communication he wants. And then you have agency to leave him or not. Right. And I think everybody on this call and in room one would agree that number one, you're not lazy. So it's not even true. And number two, laziness has nothing to do laziness or not laziness or whatever has nothing to do with who you are as a human being. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. This is so good. I had like my worst month last month, like ever. Mm. And well. I'm happy. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is such good information. Like maybe I don't want to not work this much. Cause I really don't get paid very much, right. <laughs> but it's also been awesome to have so much, I don't know, other time to live, right. to live life. Although I think you guys are in snowmageddon right now. <clears throat> it's actually all melted. <laughs> and it's like 80 today so oh of course it is 
Yes, of course it is. I heard, I saw the funniest thing about mother nature being like mentally ill and how she's all over the map. (laughs) Global warming. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Does that feel complete for you? Or do you want to say anything else before I have the next person come on? No, I think that's totally, well, thanks for just acknowledging that I'm, I'm, you know, that, that it is really about that, like Mm -hmm. what what you talked about. So thank you. And I feel like, you know, working with you all in the last almost a year now, it's really helped me come to that. Um, So thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. That's like music to my ears. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing. I think it matters. Um, Yeah, it really matters. Okay, Sunny D, I'm going to lower your hand and disable talking and we'll bring Blue Sky on next. Okay, Blue Sky, you're up. Let me allow to talk here. Can you? Can you hear me? um, Did I allow the wrong person to talk? Hold on. I think the wrong person. Sorry. No worries. Allow. So FYI, I hadn't changed the other member's um, name, but the only people who would have seen that if you're watching would be the people that are immediately on this call right now. And um, when we do the videos, it, it blocks out the name. So I'll double check that and make sure before I post it, because we want to keep your privacy. And then also, um, I apologize that I just blew somebody's cover. Okay. So here we go. Blue sky. All right. I think that's me. Um, I just want to say that I was really happy that I jumped on this call because, um, that first coaching session really resonated with me with everything I'm dealing with now. Yeah. Um, my situation, I, I'm having trouble, uh, finding like a, a model, like something to put into a model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I'm probably just not seeing it, but I, uh, okay. I'm early in my attending career and I recently took, um, a leave of absence for burnout. Yeah. Um, and Good I'm about for you, by the way, congratulations. It's weird to accept that <laughs> because yeah. it doesn't feel like, you know, like a celebratory thing, but, mm-hmm. uh, I'm accepting that more and more. Um, my, I'm about halfway through. So now my attention is, is getting a little bit in front of me mm-hmm. and thinking about going back to work. And my, my thing is, is like, what does healing from burnout look like? Like, I know it's going to be different for everybody, but like, do you just wake up one day and you're like, yeah, I feel better. Cause I, the, the problems that I was having are still there. I'm working on myself and how I respond to them and how I think of things, mm-hmm. but ultimately the, the, the environment hasn't changed. Right. This is really awesome. So number one, we need to take a minute here and just acknowledge 
burnout. We need to acknowledge you and what you're going through. And we need to congratulate you for taking time off because there are a lot of people who wouldn't do that. Um, there are a lot of people who would maybe not even recognize that that needed to be an option. Um, that's really, really amazing. And it takes a lot of courage in our industry to do that. So kudos to you. The next thing that I just want to clarify is, could it be that there's some kind of a trauma response here? Um, and I'm a trauma-informed coach now, and I so I see trauma everywhere, and that's my bias. I'll be looking for it, and I will find it. So if I'm way off base, please tell me. But if this is a trauma response, and I want to be sensitive. Um, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I had some bad complications and things like that, that kind of all rolled in, you know, to the, the previous three years, but nothing, you know, nothing specific. Okay. I guess. Okay. Um, so then that being said, what I heard you say was that you're halfway through the break and you're looking now at going back and that it sounds like there's some tension or anxiety or something building up as you look to go back. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I don't want to fall back into the same traps that landed me here in the first place, like the, the, you know, getting me back into that burnout cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think I've work with another coach and something what we've talked about is, you know, the decisions I made in the past, I made with the best information I had at that time and trying not to be hard on myself for that, um, mm -hmm. based on what situation I'm currently in. So I'm just, I'm trying to learn to trust myself to make, you know, quote unquote, good life decisions again. <laughs> Okay. Um, so yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot, but I think I, I think I just like what, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel like, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if I've ever been like whole as a surgeon. So I don't know what healing feels like. Got it. So you want to know what healing feels like. And then you also ask the question is, do you just wake up and like have healing? Is it, is it like, is there a dust? It, I heard you ask that some, something along those lines, like, how do you know, or do you wake up one day and you're healed or like, is, as if there's like some kind of a cure or des destination that you arrive at, would that be fair? Yeah, I, I'm, I understand it's not that simple, but it's, mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I don't know what it looks like to be recovered. Yeah. This is really fascinating. Um, and I have so many opinions. I'm going to try to rein it in. I'll get very excited. So <laughs> hopefully I can make it coherent, but I don't think that recovery is going to look the same for all people. I think uh, because I, you know, there usually is some degree of trauma involved, whether or not we've grown up with developmental trauma is one thing, but basically when you go through surgical training, 
most of the time that's traumatizing in and of itself. And then when you do experience things like complications or other things that happen to us on the regular, um, it's almost as if during those formative years, because many of us started the training program at a young age, um, you lose sight of what being a human actually feels like. You know, so it's like when you said, I don't even know if I was a whole surgeon, if I've ever been a whole surgeon, like, I don't know that anybody really knows that because of just the nature of it. It's so gritty. Um, but do you recall a time in your life when you felt whole? Um, I I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> like, like there were times, you know, where I was sure I was going down the right career path or something like that. But I, you know, I, I, that's the whole point is I'm doing things to try and make good habits and clarify what I'm thinking. I just, is there an end point? Like, no. I don't think there's an end point. I think this is like you've, you're describing, in my opinion, you're describing, you know, what it's like to be a human being and just, you know, actually be living. It's like, yeah, every day is a little bit of a struggle in some way. And then especially being a surgeon and that's okay. Like, it's okay. But it's like, what does that struggle actually mean? Like, what is it? Is it helping you evolve into the person that you would like to be? Is it helping you? Um, oh my gosh, this is like such a big topic. I, 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 I feel like we, you deserve a lot more time from me or Kelly. So I hope you can come back on another, on another one, but, um, like what I does recovery look like? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm making progress. I'm, you know, reevaluating what I think I want, um, career-wise and yeah, I, I think the break was, was really for me to really rest number one, but mm -hmm. number two, I think to just sort out if I was headed down the path that I really wanted to be on. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your answer? No, I don't think I was. Okay. <laughs> very, very good information to have. Yeah. And, and I'll, you know, I'm completing the rest of, of my contract when I, when I go back to work. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where am I going to wake up and love surgery again one day or because there's so much information out there about, you know, burnout prevention and mm -hmm. wellness. But when I was even researching how to take a leave of absence, there is zero information about how to come back from it. Right. Right. And what, what that means, you know, 
for malpractice insurance and disability insurance and all of these things. And so that's, I think that's the thing is I just, I'm starved of information. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like you're, you need information on a practical level, like actually like re-entry into the day-to-day life of a surgeon. And then also what is recovery really? Um, yeah. I, Cause I, I think that's where all of the webinars, all of, all of the research lacks. It ends, I think, when you've identified burnout. And I don't think it, I haven't found anything past that. Wow. Would you be interested in creating something as you navigate back into it? Maybe. Yeah. If I can figure that out. (laughs) Honestly, if you would be, Kelly and I would want to talk to you if, I mean, if you would want to do it within room one, because that would be a really great resource for other people as you figure things out and navigate back into the routine on a practical level, that might be super helpful for other people. The second thing is that I've come to look at burnout as something that doesn't really go away per se. It's not something where you take your leave of absence and it cures burnout. And in fact, I think the mistake that many um, people make, not, not you, not when people are going through burnout, but others, when they're looking at you, they're like, well, aren't you better? You just took time off. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, it's not like it's, um, it's not like taking time off solves the institutional problems. It doesn't solve, you just go back to the same situation, you know? So unless people kind of look at it more of like, I have tools now to manage my internal resources. That's what I look at it as, as like an energy management equation. And my husband's a pilot. So I'll just say this right now. We're nerds. This is what we talk about all the time. So when you become a pilot, well, in the air force, anyway, when you become a pilot, you have to take like a year long educational program on how to manage the airplane's energy. And what that means is, is you have to manage like the lift, which is the force that takes the plane up and what, and gravity, which is the force that counteracts lift. And then you manage your thrust, which is putting the power in and making the plane go ahead and then drag, which is the force that counteracts it. So for all my physics friends out there, so they learn, you know, all of the details on how to manage their energy in all those different directions in order not to crash the plane. So we have us, the proverbial plane, and we don't have any training on how to manage our resources from an energetic standpoint. And then we get, end up getting pulled down by the gravity and the drag when we're going through our lives. I hope this is making sense. So I look at it as like every single day, people are going to have to figure out how to manage their own energy, manage their own resources within, you know, the energy that they have. And by doing the things that help them to, um, improve their, not only their amount of energy, but also where they spend it like budget wise, like, what are you going to not you, but people in particular, how are you going to manage that resource? So for me, the burnout recovery is more of like, I have learned how to manage my resources in the form of my energy. Mm -hmm. And another part of it that I've considered for my own self, I didn't take a leave of absence, but I switched jobs. So I did a different kind of maneuver 
um, I just switched to a, I switched from an, um, university based practice with a lot of red tape and a lot of institutional constipation and switched to private practice where I had a lot more authority over my own decisions. And for me, that's the, that helped, it helped me develop time to be able to do all the other stuff. So what looks like recovery for me may not look like recovery for you. And the reason I'm talking about it for what I experienced was just to help open up some questions you might ask yourself to understand if you have kind of gone into that recovery mode. Like, does that make sense, Blue Sky, what I'm trying to describe here? Yes. Yeah. And I, I kind of anticipated it would be different for everybody because everybody's, you know, route to burnout is different. Um, yeah, it's, I'm doing a lot of introspection and, and I'm really trying to change the way I react, um, so that I can handle, um, you know, those pointed emails and those, those questions of worthiness, uh, differently. Yeah. So you mentioned wanting to complete a model. Had you started one or is there a model that we can create right now that might be just some kind of a, you know, a building like start, start here and then something you could build on perhaps. Um, I hadn't started a model. Um, um, I have, I have trouble. Like I have, I do a lot of thought downloads. And so I have trouble sometimes picking out things to put in a model because mm -hmm. I'll kind of answer myself in the download. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I love it when that happens, you get so good at it. It's like, Oh, I don't need to write it down. <laughs> it's happening so fast. Um, um but I, I think, I think boundaries are going to be an issue when I go back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like time, like, you know, when I'm off, I'm off, or if I'm available, uh, th that kind of a thing. Yeah. Is that something you're concerned about right now? Um, not in this moment, but I know that there were no boundaries before. Mm -hmm. So I, I know that that is part of the environment I'll be re-entering. Okay. So let's just put in the seat, re-entering surgery at same institution, right? Yep. So when you think about this circumstance, you know, I always try to reassure people that it's normal for there to be a bunch of thoughts, but what's the thought that kind of rises above them? It's the one that's like either predominates your thoughts or keeps coming back. Um, I, it's more, it's more of a feeling of, of like dread of like, I don't, really want to do this. Yep. Okay. So is that the thought causing the dread? I don't want, I don't really want to do this. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And then when you feel that dread, what do you do? 
Um, probably try to, uh, you know, think about, do something else, try not to address the actual problem, um, make up all these scenarios about how bad it's going to be or, um, you know, it, I, I think I turn myself into feeling helpless because there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> so this is so good. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned that you're going to go back and finish out your contract. And then you mm -hmm. also mentioned that maybe this isn't the path you want to be on. So maybe after your contract is done, you would have an opportunity to do something different. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I'm to the point where I have already examined my contract and I know how many days ahead of time I have to put in my notice. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So th that's really helpful information too, because it's like, this isn't going to go on forever. You're going to go back for a period of time. And if it really sucks, you don't have to keep doing it, mm -hmm. you know, but if you're like, I really don't want to do this and you have dread. And of course that's normal. Of course it's normal. If you leave a shit show and you go back to a shit show, why would anybody be like, yeah, I'm totally great. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm going back where there's no boundaries where people get treated like garbage. I'm so happy about that. Like, why would we do that? I don't know. I mean, I'm making up a lot of stuff right now, Blue Sky. I'm making assumptions about the place you were working. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not accurate, please do tell me because I will make up stories all day long about how terrible it was there in your defense. Um, <laughs> So I think it's completely normal to be like, no, I don't really want to do this and then feel dread. But like I was telling the first person that becomes your lived experience, which is not pleasant mm -hmm. and you're off right now. So why, like, why feel like crap while you're off, you know, if we have the opportunity not to. So what result does this create in your life when you're like, I thinking, I don't really want to do this. Um, I, I lose, you know, productivity time for myself. I, I lose time thinking about it. Um, and so I'm not doing, you know, the, the creative thing that I really wanted to do. I kind of get lost in that despair. Yeah. I'm just writing this. Down. I hope, I don't know if you can see it or not, but I'm going to. Mm -hmm. I'll take a screenshot when we're done and I can post it to the website. So you're losing your time. Now you're getting lost in the despair and you're just proving your thoughts. Like you're just, it reinforces everything. It's like pouring fertilizer and water on a seed that was planted. Right. So how do you want to be feeling right now? Um, I mean, energetic, I mean, I want to feel, um, I don't want to be weighed down by, you know, the what ifs in a okay. month from. Yeah. So how could we say that in a feeling not weighed down, free, liberated, yeah. peace, calm, what sounds good? Yeah. I, I think, 
Um, I think peace is a good one. Okay. What would you need to think about going back to feel peaceful? I think knowing that it's temporary. Yeah, perfect. Do you believe it when you, when you think that? Yes. Yes. I know this will definitely be temporary. Yeah. Awesome. See, you said that, and I can hear in your voice, like something that you really know about yourself. Like what's so awesome is when we start to make these connections to ourselves and like figure out who we really are to figure out what we really value, to figure out like, what is that? unique thing inside of us that we are here to share with the world. And if you're not doing it, you're doing the world a disservice while well, yourself and the world. But it's like, when you get in tune with those things and you're like, no, this isn't for me, I'm going to move on and do something else. This has nothing to do with how worthy I am as a human being. It doesn't mean I'm a failure. It doesn't mean anything. It just means I'm going to try something different. I'm going to just I'm just going to like change lanes. Like, does that make sense? Blue sky? Yeah, it does. Um, and I, I think it, it goes back to me being able to trust, you know, like decisions, big, big life decisions for myself. Yeah. Um, and so that is something I'm definitely still working on, but, um, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I want to get to that feeling. So when you, if we can imagine you like thinking this will be temporary and you feel peaceful, what do you do when you feel peaceful? Um, I, I can focus on my family. I can focus on what I want to, instead of, you know, making these scenarios that will never happen in my head. Yeah. So this is so fascinating because your result here is, is that it really is temporary, right? Like everything is always temporary just from like, God bring a little Buddhism here for just a second. Like every moment of our lives is temporary, but we have a tendency to create this very, um, intense, like saga about things, which is totally normal, totally a human thing to do. But in reality, everything is temporary. And so it's like, oh yeah, like I'm going back, but it's not forever. And now it truly is temporary. Whereas in the old model, it's like, not only is it not temporary, it's existing before it even happens because you're thinking about it. Right. right. Oh, it, I love this stuff so much. I would just like to point a couple more things out before we run out of time. You mentioned a, a couple times trusting yourself. And I love that because a lot of us have not learned how to trust ourselves. We just don't have enough of a connection to ourselves uh, on just such a fundamental level that we don't, we don't really think we're worth taking up space. We don't trust ourselves when we do take up space and it just becomes almost like an existential type of a thing, but you have already 
taken a break in a situation that was not healthy for you, which is evidence to me that you do make good decisions. It's evidence to me that you're willing to do hard things even or uncomfortable things because for us as surgeons to take a break, like is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So you like, we have evidence already that you make sound decisions for yourself. Um, you know, you mentioned you're working with another coach. That's another piece of evidence. Like you have, you know, you make sound decisions for yourself. And the other thing is, is I think building that trusting relationship is also something that evolves slowly over time. And what that looks like now isn't what it's going to look like in a month or six months or a year from now. It's like a relationship that gets built. Um, so I don't know, practice, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Like these instances where you can slow down and just re refocus on not necessarily making the uncomfortable thoughts go away, but just giving attention to the part that you already know to be true and really kind of building on that. I mean, you're already doing it. It's already happening. Like it's, it is recovery. So maybe this is what recovery looks like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it's not going to be an overnight process and it's not going to happen in the timeline that I've that I've given it to happen in, but, um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's already happening. Well, I appreciate it because I know this is kind of a messy uh, topic. Well, it can be, but it, that's also like the best ones to talk about. The messy ones are the ones where people learn the most because the suffering that you've had, um, other people have. And they don't, for whatever reason, are not able to, or don't, they don't have a voice yet. You do. And I really appreciate that you're using it here in this forum, because this will touch people and it will give people courage and it'll give people inspiration because people are suffering. They are suffering all over the place in this industry. Well, everywhere in the whole world, really, but like the suffering that surgeons have, on the regular is, um, it can be really isolating. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, great. Let me stop share. Do we have anybody else that wanted to say anything? Um, we have one minute. Thank you so much, Blue Sky. I guess we'll go ahead and round it out. So I'll be back with you on um, Wednesday because it's the start of March. So see y'all on Wednesday. It'll be 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thanks for everybody's participation. That was a good one.